Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, author of Fantasy Romance and Romantic Fantasy. I'm here with my first cup of coffee. Oh, which tastes really good this morning. Oh, today is Thursday, October 14th. chilly morning here but not too chilly to be outside as you can see if you're on video back with the uh, the big wind chimes it's um yeah off to writer coffee soon so I'm a little bit more dressed up than usual um fit for uh, society with physical human beings as fit as I get uh good news in my world is that I um did send in the secret project to agent Sarah so she's gonna read it in the next week it's interesting because Dorinda read it and she keeps saying that she thinks I missed my calling which I keep reminding her that I haven't missed it yet <laughs> but there's still time um but uh because this is a genre departure for me what she's trying to communicate I know I she what she is communicating is that um that she feels like this is a really good genre fit for me that my she said you know that I have a really good fantasy voice but that my voice in this genre is amazing that's a direct quote so um so we'll see I'm um for those of you I mean I shouldn't copy up whether you listen or not I'll uh, mention that the reason it's a genre departure is that it's not science fiction or fantasy um it's not even really romance I mean there may be some romantic elements we'll see but um yeah different and and I've struggled with this in excuse me in part for some reason I'm getting a little uh coffee revisit a little gas in my stomach sorry TMI uh that's why I'm burping excuse me <laughs> uh oh so one of the reasons I've been struggling with this sort of in general is that here I am president of Sephora now and the thing that we're going to go out on submission with is not science fiction or fantasy it is does have a supernatural element and the more I wrote it the more I realized that I have written things like this before uh, in fact I'm drawing in part on a very old piece that I wrote so it's always been there and Dorinda and I were talking about it because it's been on my mind obviously Oh, it's my bracelet my I was trying to figure out I thought maybe I spilled coffee down my sleeve but it's my bracelet being cold was it's funny how um you guys had to do the experiment in science class right how you have certain sensors on your skin that uh, the ones that feel like wet and cold are the same same with um like heat heat and and pinpoint pressure like it registers the same before they sort it out um that's why when you poke yourself with something very sharp it can feel like it's really hot you guys should have learned that in science class if your teacher was any good 
I'm going to have to move, aren't I? I didn't think the sun was coming this soon. Well, maybe I can sort of I'll slide over this way. Because isn't the crabapple tree pretty? All lit up by the rising sun. I love that. So one of the things I was thinking about is when you're a newbie writer, and certainly this was true for me, and it was true for Dorinda, and I think it's true for most authors, is when you first decide to be a writer, you're all, I want to be a writer. I mean, you like wake up one morning and you're like, this does not count the people who say that they've been writing since they could pick up a crayon, um, which I think you guys know is like one of my least favorite things for people to say, um, because I think all kids tell stories. Um, what we decide later is going to be our art, I think, doesn't have a whole lot to do with what we thought as kids, but it sounds really good. Um, and it makes it, it lends a certain kind of authenticity or validity to the artist if they can say I've been doing this since I was a child as if somehow this is um, a more natural calling for them than for anyone else. Um, I don't think it matters if you've been doing it since you were a kid or not. But I think when we decide to be a writer um, we mostly know that we want to write something right. Maybe we are like I want to write books. <laughs> I want to write stories. But the thing is is we don't really know what genre we want to write. Sometimes people do, but which genre we end up writing first ends up being um, kind of a product of circumstance and serendipity, right? For me, I started out as an essayist because one of the very first writing classes I took was a class called Essays on Self and Place by visiting writer and editor Don Snow at University of Wyoming and that class was a revelation to me and I wrote my first published essays in that class. I wrote an essay called Inheritances which ended up being in my essay collection Wyoming Trucks, Trucks True Love and the Weather Channel but was also one of my very first essays uh, and it was or published works that was published in um it was, uh, I know it's Greensboro, North Carolina. It was a North Carolina literary review, something like that. <coughs> and was republished several times. So because that was what I learned to start writing first, like that was where I first started creating finished work was in that class. I was an essayist for a long time. And you know, my first book was an essay collection. And then when I stalled out on my narrative nonfiction project after that collection was published, which is a long story. I won't tell it today. I've told it in other places. Let me know if you want me to tell it. Uh, I ended up writing a fantasy romance. I didn't know that's what it was. Um, I was reading a lot of books that I really liked and that I wanted to do things like um, Jacqueline Carey's Cushiel books. Uh, Twilight, Stephanie Meyer. Um, I thought that I loved that supernatural element. Um, and I loved fantasy. I mean, I always read fantasy and science fiction and I loved romance. So, but that's what I started writing. And, and it's funny because, and this is part of the long story, um, 
in fiction, what I ended up getting published first was erotic romance, um, to my great dismay, um, and even sorrow, which is part of the long story. But that was just like what, what I sold first. And so I had both of those careers for quite a while where I was writing a lot of my early stuff. If you go back, like Petals and Thorns was my first fiction work, which is a BDSM Beauty and the Beast and still sells really well. Um, and then one of my first, like my first Karina book was Sapphire, which is BDSM erotic romance. And I did uh, a number of books like that with Karina and with uh, Lucid and Laura's Cave back in the day, because that's partly where the market was and that's what I could sell. So in some ways, what I ended up writing has always been a matter of serendipity. And so it, it really helped for me to come to this realization that it's not that, I mean, I've had a really great run and I'm not stopping, don't worry, uh, with fantasy romance and romantic fantasy. But if this new genre ends up working out for me, um, that's still in keeping with, with my goals. Cause really I just wanted to be a writer. I wanted to make my living as a writer. So I thought I wanted to share that with you all. I also want to share with you my amazing new boots that David got me for my birthday. Cause I'm wearing them today. I'm going to wear them to writer coffee and show them to you guys. Aren't those amazing? They're flu vogs and they're incredible. I'll even give you the uh, standing. Let's see if we can do it. Check that out. Aren't those great? I love them. Oops. Did I stop anything? Oh, it keeps asking me if I want to leave the site. I don't think it stopped anything. No, I don't want to leave the site. Okay. I moved slightly now. Uh, since the sun was encroaching, it must be like where it's coming up in the sky is partly affecting things. Cause I'm earlier. Well, I'm not earlier today. That's a lie. <laughs> and I have notes, which I just lost. I probably moved the laptop thing on top of them. It went somewhere. It's probably stuck to me. It was on a sticky note. How funny. Uh, oh, I know what I wanted to talk about was the, the lone female trope, which I think I've talked about before, but it's, um, I just ran across it in another book where like the heroine was standing out because she was fighting. And the hero admires her as a lone woman among men. And I mean, I'm not going after this particular book, um, which I won't say what it is anyway, because I just see this all the time, all the time. And this is a female author. Female authors do it too. It's like this idea of the woman who stands out because she's among men. And this makes her special. It's the not like other girls trope. And I'm just so tired of seeing it. Can we stop doing it? It's funny because I read it in this book. And at the same time yesterday, I like saw an ad go by for Seinfeld being on, 
I don't know, it's streaming on some channel. If you love Seinfeld, it's out there for you. But it shows that picture of Jerry Seinfeld, Elaine, George, and Kramer. And they're all sort of like sandwiched together in a cute hug. Well, how often do we see this exact setup? Three men, one woman. Why do we see this? Well, it's like female is a character. So you have the Jerry character who is the leader, um, who's kind of handsome and is the, I don't know, the savvy one. And then there's the dorky friend who's Kramer. And then there's the doofus friend who is George. I think I've got these names, right? I'm not a big Seinfeld watcher, but I think I know that much. Um, you see it also in good omens. No shame to Neil Gaiman and Terry, Pratt- Terry Pratchett, if I can say their names, but the, the four kids, you know, you have the one who is the, I want to say the, <laughs> what's the word I want? Um, you guys are yelling at me and I can't hear you. You know, uh, the, the mark of the beast, the think of the word, Jeffy, the antichrist, essentially he's the antichrist, right? Charming, handsome ringleader, right? Then you have the girl, the tomboy, and then you have a couple other boys who have distinct personalities. And in this scenario, the girl is the one who is like her. It's like being female is a character type. You know, you got the smart guy, you got the handsome guy, you've got the charming guy, you've got the nerdy guy, you've got the athletic guy, you've got the girl. Why aren't there, why don't we have two and two? Um, maybe because it begs the, the heteronormative that they're going to pair up. You know, they had that, they did have that in Scooby-Doo and, you know, kind of paired up, but not really. Maybe because nobody was going to bang Shaggy. Um, Shaggy? Shaggy, right? Yeah. Um, and the dog, the dog gets to be his own character. Um, I, I, you see this over and over again. Um, Stephen King has done it. I, you know, it's, it is so common that it really is its own trope that, um, three boys and a girl, they kind of did it a little bit in, um, um, today is clearly not the day for me to be thinking up names. Um, oh, the thing with Winona Ryder, I'm not gonna be able to think of it. The fairly new show. I want to say like suspicious places and that's not it. Um, stranger things. I was kind of close. Now you know how my brain works. So, um, you know, it's, it's the group of boys and a girl, right? And the girl in these things is usually like some kind of tomboy. She's hanging out with the boys because why say it with me? She is not like other girls. And so part of this is that there's this implication that the other girls are off somewhere being with other girls doing uninteresting things, right? Whatever it is that girls sit around and do when they're not with the boys doing interesting things, right? They're probably doing needlework. You guys have heard me rant before about how much needlework gets dissed, um, you know, giggling, playing with dolls, uh, I mean, Dennis the Menace is like a terrible example because that guy is awful anyway. But, you know, the misogyny towards Margaret for being too girly. And then there's the other girl, Gina. Gina, who's cool because she's a 
tomboy, right? She's not like other girls. And Margaret's always prancing around in her dresses with her dolls, because, which is contemptible, right? So it's worth looking at this. It's worth examining where we get these ideas. Um, <coughs> thank you. <coughs> Gracious. Um, <laughs> it's, it's not the only way to make your heroine stand out or if it is the only way you can think of to make your heroine stand out, then I think there's a problem, right? Your heroine needs to be a fully fledged human being who is notable for reasons other than the fact that she is not like other girls, um, or that she's the lone woman among men. Give her, give her other reasons to be interesting. Um, finally, I will mention that uh, we did the cover reveal for fire of the frost yesterday. It's already a number one bestseller. Thank you all very much. Uh, you can pre-order now for only $5.99 price goes up to $6.99 on release day. Uh, I will put the pre-order links in the show notes and so forth. This is the midwinter holiday fantasy romance anthology that I'm doing with Dorinda Jones, Amanda Boucher and Grace Draven. And we're all super excited about it. And I even started writing my own novella yesterday, which will be a standalone story in the dark wizard world. And it's going to happen at about the same time as Nick and Gabriel's story, but with different people in a different place. So we shall see what happens. Um, and on that note, I'm going to race off to write our coffee. I will remind you all that first cup of coffee is part of the frolic media podcast network. And you will find more podcasts that you love at frolic.media slash podcasts. You all take care and I will talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.